You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of Gate 7 International. I'm your host, Adi. I'm joined here by Costa. Costa, how are you doing, buddy? I can't hear you, man. Shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if um, is it my mic or yours? How about now? How are we doing? Are we cooking? Well, while Costa gets his sound sorted, there we go. Now we're back. now we're working. All right, all right. I was just testing. I was just testing, seeing everything's working. <laughs> Technical difficulties, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, here at Gate Seven International. But we're back. Costa, how do you feel today, my friend? I'm good, Ari. I'm good, thank you. I'm I'm in London. I managed to to get out of Belgium. Uh, I don't know if we came to London for for better or for worse. Everything seems to be quite crazy here with the Omicron variant. They're talking about lock, locking down after Christmas or before Christmas. But okay, you know we're all we're all healthy. We're safe. Me, my my wife, my kids. I'm here with my folks um, at the house where I grew up. Got the nice Christmas lights behind me, um, trying to feel as Christmassy as possible. And yeah, a win today, but it was kind of meh, you know, but we'll talk about that more. We will. We will. We'll get into that. And it does look very festive back there, man. Lots of Christmas lights going on. I love it. I love it. I love this time of the season. It is fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait for the season to really, really kick off as we come into Christmas this weekend. It's Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, and guys, before we get moving, same thing that we do at the beginning of every episode. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe, comment, follow all of our social media platforms, help us grow this community larger and larger. Now, guys, I know that we promised you um, an interview with Peter Filipakos today. Uh, that is going to be postponed. Uh Peter, of course, uh, Calithea did have a game today, so we were already kind of uh, in a tight squeeze with the schedule, but that is definitely getting postponed for the near future. We will keep you updated with that. Also, keep a lookout because we have the interview. It, I believe it's going to be next weekend with Teddy Menes, the president of Olympiacos, New York. We will confirm that later this week. And lastly, thank you to our sponsor, Parais International. Parais International is your one-stop shop for all of your international transshipping needs, whether it's olive oil packages, cars, or you're relocating completely. Please contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at paraisintl.com. And shortly, we will be dropping a link for you guys as well, as we have been the last, uh, I guess it's, we've been doing this for a month now. Give us your opinions. We'll drop the link. We're, we have a, quite a few things to talk about between various news transfers as well as the match itself and some post-match comments, some juicy post-match comments today. So we're going to get into all of that. So keep an eye out that comment, the comment, that link will be dropping soon. So check it out. We're going to be dropping that in a second. And before we move on to the match, there was some news. Congrats to our women's water polo team on becoming European champions. It is huge. That is, I believe, our 15th European Championship as an organization. Is that correct, Costa? Yep. And it's the in the in the modern form of the tournament. That's the second time our our team, our women's team, has won that championship. But I believe it was eight. Was it eight or six European championships that they've had? Five. 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 Sorry. 
getting all my numbers mixed up here. Fantastic, fantastic for them. And then I believe also our boxing, the men's boxing team won the won the title in Greece. I saw the I saw the post earlier this morning on the Olympiakos page. So congratulations to them as well. Olympiakos is not just about Podosfero. We are champions in life. If there were if there was a competition for ping pong. Mate, we we, 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 we want to win everything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, uh, check the check the comments right now because the la- the link should be live. Please join in. Give us your opinions. We're going to be getting into a lot of different things today. So, please, please join us. Don't be afraid. You don't need to have any special knowledge or mic. Just come in. It'll be intimate, maybe a little bit weird, but it should be a lot of fun. Now, moving on to the transfers, Costa, there was a there's been a rumor that the ex Panathinaikos left back Zagaritis, not Zalgiris, Zagaritis. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh make me making fun of myself. Has been rumored as reinforcements for the left back position. He's not getting a lot of playing time at Parma, who is in uh, Serie B right now. And it looks like he wants out. He's 20 years old. He played well against us when he played for Panathinaikos. What do you make of this? I think it's... um, I like the fact that it's a Greek player. And I like uh, what seems to be a move by the club in the the very recent future to bring in more Greek players. Manolas, of course, coming most recently. Um, yeah, so I like that he's Greek. He's twenty years old. I remember he played very, very well against uh, against us last season, or anyway, the the season before he got his transfer out. Um, so exciting young player. I think it's a decent fit in a sense that he's not somebody that would come in to start, but would come in to kind of. I don't want to call it uh, Timikas' uh, resting Robertson situation, but but you know, like I think he. would He'd be good to kind of get get five to ten, be ten games a season, uh, and gradually gradually improve. Maybe become a first team player. That should be his objective. Oleg's been playing really, really, really well. Uh, constantly improving. He's very consistent, reliable. But he's, I mean, he's running himself into the ground. As fit as he is, and you know, as much as he says. The fitness coaches they give us good dietary programs and they make sure our nutrition's you know proper and that it helps us regenerate and have energy and all those things he's been playing far too much uh so we need a left back doesn't look like karbovnik is on the manager's radar at all you know we've almost forgotten about him so so yeah no i think it's a decent move and i think it'll be relatively cheap as well Yep, and uh, more on that, we actually have a comment here from Viper. Uh, Bobby's Christoglu revealed on the radio today that Olympiakos already has a verbal agreement with a left back, and it will be official soon. So we will be keeping an eye out on that space to see who it is. Very exciting. And we have something here from Costa, our friend Costa's Papa Dimitriou. Costa, I was watching Hercule Poirot, and you look like Inspector Jap, played by Phil Jackson. In other news, Libyakos make 10 wins in a row. I, I love that. I have to watch that again because I don't, I'm going to Google that. Track. I'm going to Google that right now. I have no idea. Thanks, uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, and there was another transfer that's been linked. Uh, return, another, maybe a recycled rumor. Maybe it's real. Who knows? Marcus Edwards has been linked again with Libyakos from Vitoria. Uh, he's an attacking mid-winger. As you guys remember, really fast, very talented. And the rumor was that there are other clubs that are interested in him. Sporting Lisbon being one of those clubs doesn't surprise me. And he would definitely not be cheap either. And given what we've been hearing about Henry Henry Onyakuru, it doesn't surprise me that we're linked with another winger. Marcus Edwards, I I don't really think this is a... Is it really a thing? Is it really serious? I'm not sure. We're talking about a player that's worth nine to ten million on transfer market, if I remember well. He's got a fifty million euro minimum fee release clause. Fifty percent of his rights owned by Tottenham. 
So that means you, we're looking at you know having to pay double for him if Vittoria wants to make anything. And uh, I've heard they're going through financial difficulties, but we with Vittoria we seem to have a kind of relationship already. Pepe, yep. Thiago, um, the other centre back that we're linked with every year, Pedral. Yep. And they're always notoriously difficult to negotiate with. So I think it's I think it's uh just stories. I don't think we're in for Marcus Edwards. And they haven't always turned out well for us either. Uh, Pepe didn't to... turn out well for us. Well, Tiago Silva didn't originally come from them. We actually got no. him from uh, Nottingham Forest and then sent him on his way there. But, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I agree with you. I'm not – I don't know if I believe that 100%. But, you know, the links, the winger links are coming in, and I'm sure we will be bringing one in. It's just a matter of who and when it happens. But let's not delay anymore, Costa. Let's get right into the post-match with La Mia. And it was a tale of two halves, at least for me. I thought the first half we looked pretty pretty lively and energetic, or at least more so than we have in the recent past. But then the second half was a little bit more interesting, especially actually when we made that first double sub with Bukalakis and Masuras coming out and, um, and Mari Camara and Gary Rodriguez coming in. Then things started to take a turn for the worse. We seemed to have lost the midfield battle at that point. La Mia was creating a lot more pressure. It was, ugh, it just, it, the second half looked a lot more like how we've looked in the past. How did you feel about it? There's not a lot to say, really. You said <laughs> tale, tale of two halves. The first half was fairly entertaining, I would say. Um, much quicker than we've been playing recently. Uh, so decent tempo, quite a lot of shots uh, shots taken, chances created. Unfortunately, a lot of those were straight at the keeper, whether it was, you know, MV La from inside the box. I think he had one chance. Bukhalagis had a shot from outside the box, straight at the keeper. Yeah. Um, there was a really nice cross that Cisse had for, for El Arabi, I think, after two after two nil, where he kind of glanced the header and I think Zanadoblos did quite well sticking to sticking to El Arabi. Otherwise that could have been two nil. Yep. M- missed penalty, which I'm not sure who it was. It looked really, really soft to me. Um and then of course the goal was I think the first time we've scored a free flowing counter like that since Fenerbahce. A really nice counter attack. Uh, Lala playing a oh, yeah. fantastic ball in between the defenders. Agibu should have finished. Luckily, El Arabi was there, right place, right time. Slotted it into the corner, and and that was it. Job done. And then second half, it was as he said, kind of back to what we've been used to seeing, which was that hypnotic kind of football. Hypnotic, not in a good way. Uh, it really was painful on the ice, the second half. And we were playing with fire, I thought. Um, and if it weren't for Vachlik and a couple of good blocks in the penalty area from Socrates or from Envila, could have been could have been an upset on the cards today, even though it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those games where you, you thought they'd get something out of it. But my, I think the last thing I'll say is, I think Martins in his post-match comments, he was saying how good a team with Mia is and that they caused problems to Bauk last week. I'm not sure I agree, but but yeah, in the end, job done and it's kind of been characteristic of our season. And last thing I promise, it's 10 wins in a row, like Gossos Papa Dimitrio was saying, and we're undefeated in the first round and the first two games of the second round of the Ordinary League. What does it say about the level of the league that we've constantly been bemoaning the poor performances and kind of lack of creativity. What does it all say about the level of the league this year? Every year at the beginning of the season, we say things have gotten better. Good players have come into the, you know, our rival teams and every year it seems to get worse. 
Yep. And I actually, before we bring in, we do have uh, we do have somebody waiting in the lobby, but there's a comment just came in that's really important. And it was a point that I was planning on bringing up um, from Stelios Patitakis. In the first half, we were making changes from the center of the pitch. And for once, we were making change after change. What's your opinion about playing through the middle? Guys, this is the first game. Where if you, I don't know if you guys saw the the Nova Sport analytics for our, where our attacks were coming through, but this was the first game this season where the majority of our attacks were coming through the middle, and not just coming through the middle of the field, but we were actually generating uh, goal threat, and by goal threat I mean x xg statistics. So we were getting shots off, making opportunities, and. It was really nice to see because this was something that we were all worried about wasn't a thing for us this year. I mean, our play this season, I've said it. Uh, there was a really nice, really nice um, report that was done by Themis Gesadis as well that was comparing our previous seasons to this season. And we all know that our second season was under Martins was probably our most high-flying offensive season. If you compare this season to last season, forget the second season. We're at half the production we got last season. So, and what was the difference? We actually had a lot more play, open play going through the middle in those last two seasons. So it's really nice to see that there were great moves, lots of interplay going on. I mean, we should have scored more goals today. Today wasn't an issue of us creating chances, even though our, our play in the second half was shittier. Today was about us not being able to finish because our our XG is, was close to four today. We had a lot of plenty of opportunities. It was about finishing them. And I think part of the reason why it looked better is that we were finally able to play through the middle. Costa, what about you? What did you think? No, I agree. Something we talked about before, maybe even on yeah, the last show, last few shows, the, the ball's just been going out to the wing a lot in every game and it's like yeah. cross hit and hope try and get people in the box not enough people in the box um and yeah you talk about the statistics the opto analysis that themis gesadis did for sport 24 if you look at our expected goals last season and where it is this year compared like we've regressed creatively defensively we've stayed pretty much the same uh we're still the best defensive team in the league still the best attacking team in the league but we've regressed massively in terms of the expected goals, the the chances we create. And everybody else is just, you know, go and have a look. I I, I do recommend to everybody who's interested in, in those statistics, they really show a lot in terms of the level of the league and also how, how good we've been defensively, but also how poor we've been on the offensive side of things and how much we have regressed since last year it's really interesting sport 24 famous guess at his opt analysis um go and check that out yep absolutely and on that note let's bring in our first audience guest this is three times in a row jim how are you doing buddy good to see you well jim i don't think that's we have audio that's how cool man now yes okay, we hear yeah. you now yeah uh i'm good how are you uh I feel, a win always makes you feel good so can't complain too much yeah i saw the second half and i was like <laughs> but uh the first half was was meh i can say from too good it wasn't bad i can't say we played bad football we had the chances as you said but I got like, why isn't that you finishing that chance? That was the my thing with the with the game. Well, my... it, it wasn't just him. It wasn't just Agibu. I mean, yeah, Roni Lopez. Roni Lopez yeah. missed a lovely chance. Also, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he yeah, missed one. Made a bad uh, decision. He went like from his left and. He left his right side open for Ronnie Lopez to shoot, and he was like walking through the ball, and he got uh, blocked, I think. Yep. And then Takinho also whiffed a, a lovely opportunity that was given to him by Onyakuru. So, so 
we had a lot of opportunities that we should have finished and we didn't. So, uh, listen, I don't think anybody can really complain about how the result of the game went because we were much more, we were dominant. We were dominant in this game, even when we were letting, when we were letting Lamia kind of back into the game, they're really only dangerous opportunity that they had was the Arabuli uh chance towards the end of the game in like the 84th minute yeah, yeah. that was their yeah, only yeah. really dangerous opportunity that that they had in my uh, opinion at least yeah yeah i i think Vatslik was good today I he was and defensively as you said we were good today but i think it was just how we finish the chances today's issue because if we had finished uh, the chances that we had i think we had a, we'd have a way bigger scoreline than one nil uh, because we had some serious chances yeah we definitely did gosta what did you think about some of the missed chances i mean it meant we were playing with fire in the second half because we had our good first half and then in the second half it was just it was, it was, we said it was difficult to watch the second half and you just thought, oh my God, it could be one of those games where, you know, they score from nothing. They've done nothing all game and just like a carabola in the box and it's, you know, they score. Yep. And luckily we had bodies just like, you know, flying into block balls into the box. There was some brave defending. Uh, I mentioned uh, Mvila, like crucial block towards the end of the game. I think he had one last game and another ball cleared off the line he's made some like really good defensive uh defensive actions and he's as much as i'd like to see him further up the park i think that he has he has done a job defensively like getting those good blocks in and positioning himself well inside the box on set pieces so yeah i mean that's something i've i've noticed but missed chances I mean, can we can we talk about something? Because I <laughs> I had this lined up, an unpopular opinion. When Bukhalakis came off, the team team crumbled. Yep, completely fell to yeah, yeah. Like, fell to pieces. And I I mean, I know that there are different camps in the Olympiagos fan kingdom. Like there are people that support Bukalagis a lot, people like me who are, well, I like to think I'm balanced. And then there are people that just shit on him all the time. It's like, oh, he just passes it sideways. He's slower than a, than a mule. You know, why is he playing every game? This guy is so important to the way that Martin's team plays. And it showed so much today when he came off. When for me, he was having one of his better games. For me, he's always that kind of guy that plays a six and a half or a seven. He's like a seven, you know? That's what he'll give you. He'll give you a seven or thereabouts, yep. up and down. Um, today, his like a lot. His vision was, it was great. Like the balls were going forward. A lot of his passes were going forward. Actually, Ari, for the stat card that we do, Anyone that follows our Instagram, our socials, we put stat cards out after each game, keying in on the most important players after each game. Can we please do one on Bukalagis? And I want to know how many of his passes were forward, how many were to the side, if there's a way that we can actually look at that. Because I reckon more forward than sideways this game. And two passes in particular that I want to key in on. One was a flick to ronnie lopez yeah yeah i don't know if you remember that i do yeah so there was there was one flick to ronnie lopez and then there was another ball to ronnie lopez again it was a first time pass with the outside of his left foot where he kind of dinks it gets under it and he spins it on the outside and puts backspin on it as well yep and you're just like that's the kind of pass. yeah exactly Exactly. You're like, that's the kind of pass that Ibarasa used to play over exactly. the defence years ago with backspin, like over the defence, through on goal. And yeah, if he was called Bukalakic or like Bukalinio, you'd just be like, <laughs> you'd be pulling your hair out. It's like, oh my God, this guy's fantastic. 15 million in the summer, <laughs> straight away. But um, 
but yeah, no, I thought I thought we had a really good game today, and like it showed yep. when he came off, it just it went to pieces. Yep. No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I I also thought Bukalakis was was pretty stellar in the link up game today. You know, we actually had brought up in a previous in the I think it was actually in the last post match that we did that when. We, we were annoyed with how Mvila was behind Bukalakis because Bukalakis was – he was moving the ball around, but it wasn't meaningful, and Mvila was the one making the meaningful possession. It was more of the opposite today. Uh, in fact, I do have a stat for you that I'm going to tease for you guys today. The rest you can wait and see on the stat cards for Bukalakis. But Olympiacos had – when we went through the middle of the field today, uh, we had eight – major attempts to break the defensive line down. Now, what I mean by that is uh, smart passes. These are passes that split the defense and create threatening goal opportunities. It doesn't mean that they're going to generate XG because you have to get a shot to generate XG. But there were eight attempts by Olympiacos players to break down the La Mia defense with smart passes or passes that cut behind the defensive line. Four of those were made by Bukalakis. Now, of those eight attempts, we create we actually did create four major goal scoring chances. There were four passes that broke the defensive line that led to very, very, very dangerous opportunities. And two of those were by Bukalakis. So Bukalakis actually generated the majority of our goal threat today. So that is a little teaser for you before we give you the rest of the stats, and his were quite good. And, Gosta, when it comes to the um, the question of forward passes versus lateral passes, um, I can't give you 100% the certainty because it tells me the forward and backward, but I can tell you he attempted 20 passes forward. What I can also tell you is that he attempted six passes laterally. So 20 forward passes, he had six passes laterally. So you are you are 100% correct with that. And I'll give you one more, Gostad, to give you – just to give you a little bit more of an idea of the – just about the, the, the general volume. The man had over 50 touches on the ball today. So 50 touches on the ball, most of them were forward. This does – you know, 50 touches includes things like dribbles or, you know, crosses and things like that. So – 50, 50 passes attempted and and over half of the ones completed were going forward. So you can't make the claim that all he does is back pass and side pass today. He was a different animal. Jim, what do you do think we, about our man Bukalakis? Uh, today he was fantastic. I don't usually hate Bukalakis. I think <laughs> I, I don't really hate Bukalakis to be honest. No. Uh, I I like the way he plays. Yeah, he's a s- slow with the ball, but uh, I like his playing style. When he makes those passes, I want to point out, if you remember last season, a magical pass that he gave on our first goal, first goal against Pauk on a 3-0 win on a, an El Arabi goal, where he got the ball uh, off the def- defense from... Where he got like over Rodrigo, the Pauk right back, and El Arabi scored. I don't know if you remember that, guys, but that was a moment when Buhalakis, that he attempted those, but that was one that pointed out on the derby that I remember. He he has that ability though. Like he can he can play a good pass. Like he has got decent vision. And there's an interesting comment actually. From Viper, historically, Bukalakis has always been comfortable in Karaiskaki. It's the away games, especially in Europe, where his performance drops dramatically. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's I think, it's true. I don't I think an away European game where Bukalakis standard out. I don't think I remember one. I think that's a fair comment. I mean, the one that always stands out to me is the, the pass to Pedense against Krasnodar for the fourth goal. Where he kind yes. of just like just the little dink with his left foot, and then yep. and then the lob. So he can he can do it, man. Just like I'm again, like I said, there are three crowds when we talk about Bukalagis. There's the 
pro crowd there's the anti crowd and then there are like the very yeah. few people that are like neither it's like you know he has a good game he has a not so good game he gives what he gives you know when we write our player ratings after the matches Bukalakis and Sokratis are six they like everyone why Bukalakis six or two or three <laughs> I, if you check the comments that is true uh that's true yeah this i i every time i think about this goal i just start laughing stelio patitak is back bukalakis is a proven genius do you remember the goal in the cup semi-final against aris yes i won't forget that anytime soon and it's why i think we should hire bukalakis to steal the parthenon marbles back absolutely <laughs> the man the man is a genius and he is uh a mastermind i do i do believe that but in all seriousness guys um buha like does have that capability i mean there are some games where he just looks like a midfield maestro then there are other games where like how is this guy on the field but th there is something that's clear defensively when it comes to closing down passing lanes and 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 battling in the midfield to win the ball back we don't have another defensive midfielder that can do the defensive work he does statistically nobody matches up to him not not in Vila not Madi not Kunde whether it's a per 90 minute basis overall Bukalakis does that the best and this isn't the first time we've seen when Bukalakis leaves our midfield just all of a sudden collapses he's part of the reason for that he is good at that he understands his role in this club He's never going to be, you know, pure low. He's never going to be the Modric, uh, a midfield maestro for us. He is going to have games like that where he plays well, but he's always going to do his defensive duties and he's going to move the ball around. That is his role with this club. And overall, I believe he does it quite well. Can I just like end this segment and say there's another comment that's come in from Mari Tolakis. We need better players than Buha is the comment that's come in <sighs> yeah we'd love to have Pirlo or Wesley, yes. Snyder, Wesley Snyder Raphael van der Vaart. for some of you that are older and might remember van der Vaart. Uh, I, 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 I want to say <laughs> you don't remember Raphael van der Vaart. do some research played for, <laughs> played, played for Ajax played for Tottenham played for Hamburg Left-footed player. Played for Real Madrid, by the way, as well. He did, yep. Fantastic player. Fantastic player. Left-footed. Played more at the 10, but could play a little bit further back. Check him out. Um, very good player. Um, right now, that defense, uh, th that defensive midfield pairing is the best we have. Yes. Madi Kamara is not Madi Kamara. He's on he's a different not, planet that, right now. That, that's not... That's not the Madi Camarada I know this season. He's been missing in action ever since he changed agents. Ever since yeah. he changed agents. Ever since he changed agents. Different player. Yeah, and I also want to point out that in the start of the season, he was great. I think all we all remember and end in the preseason, he, he played really good football. And now he's like, let's say that, he misses passion and he's like i don't care like that's what i see but i surely can be wrong so we can't be sure about that situation no player can be three years in a row full playing uh, playing great but that's a big drop uh it's not just he's not scoring he's not assisting he's not even involved in our game and if he is in the last matches it's in a bad way so that's a big problem for us i i know look, look i don't i don't want to be here and start shitting on maddy but yeah the performance is obviously not up to scratch and a lot of people are saying his head's not in it like he wants to leave and Probably, but I do want to say this, and this is really important. He's the kind of player that needs an arm around his shoulder. He's yeah. the kind of player, we've, we've learned this from good authority, that he, he needs that psychological support. 
like to give him to help him with his mental mental characteristics on the field. Is Mino Raiola the kind of agent that is going to give him twenty four seven attention? Well, not twenty four seven, two three times a week, once a week. Call him, see how he's doing, help him, kind of you know boost his ego. I don't think so. Um, you could argue he's got a lot of African players around him. You know, he, he, it's an environment that he knows very well in Greece. So why is he having trouble turning it into performances on the pitch? There are a lot of things going on, I think, off the field with him and it's affecting the the performances on the field. So I don't think we should just look at it monolithically through the lens of he doesn't want to be here, he's bored, he's not, you know, he doesn't love the club anymore or something extreme like that. There's, I just think there's... There's a lot of factors around the Maddie situation, and there's a reason now why he's on the bench. I think that's all 100% correct. It's a shame, but unfortunately, it is what it is. And expanding on expanding on that point, Costa, you brought up that this is our best midfield pairing. I also believe that this lineup that we saw today that started the game seems to be our starting 11 or whatever whatever has formulated in the last three or four games to be that starting 11 because this is what the team that we've seen play. And in those last couple of games, it's the seems that we've, it's the team that we've seen some of the more production out of, at least in open play. And it is that midfield pairing of Envila Bukalakis with Agi Bukamara at the 10, Roni Lopez Masuras on the wings, El Arabi at the striker and the same back four that we've had, pretty much most of the season. I just cannot point out uh, the, about the European list that's been going on in the last days. I think we can make three changes. I think I'm not sure. Yes. And there's been a lot going on, the, I think, the last two or three days about, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely putting Mana last in. I don't think I would definitely pull him. And it's like for Tunis or Gary Rodriguez that's getting in, I think. And the other spot is a left back that we're getting, which I, I speculate is or Zagaritis or Anhileri, Fabrizio Anhileri, because he's a free agent, I think we're getting him because he has the potential to be a, and even a starter. I don't know if he played well, but just to point out, and I don't know if we're putting Gary Rodriguez or Fortunis. Am I right? I think that's what has been going on. I I honestly would be surprised if Fortunis gets added to the to the EU list. Only because with his injury, we saw what happened before. You know, just because he comes back and he's training with the team doesn't mean he's gonna be ready. It's gonna take a, a couple months. But it took it took a couple months for him to get integrated. And by that point, you know, we we might not even be in Europe anymore by the time he actually is fully match fit, fully integrated with the team and playing to the standard that Martins is expecting of him. I personally I would be surprised if if he does make it on the list. Now, Gary, Gary Rodriguez, well, before today, I would have told you, yeah. But after today, he didn't look so good to me. Uh, but normally, I would think he probably would be on the list. But after today's performance, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I Maybe it's whatever winger we decide to bring in. I don't know how hey, you guys feel about that. Uh, is he, will he be out for Copa Africa? Because I think... He will, it, if, it, if it goes on. Yeah, because there are a lot of rumors going on that Due to COVID, uh, Copa Africa will not uh, happen. And that's one thing that we're pretty much not sure. And the bad thing about Copa Africa is most of the times we're like, uh, most of the times we're like players coming back from their national team, especially in Africa, El Arabi, I think they get COVID. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's that thing. And it's also with uh, the transfers. If 
we don't know if it happens or it doesn't happen and we can't be sure about the transfers who is bringing in who is out yeah and i think that's a problem yeah well and more on the copa africa thing so uh we also received it on good we, we were told on good authority basically the um most of the there's a lot of pressure on the on afcon and the officials around afcon from the premier league officials not so much from other governments so as a, as it stands right now there's two things going on with afcon one there's covid and two there is uh some civil unrest we'll we'll say and there so there's two things kind of going on there was a leaked security report that there wasn't there wasn't uh, confidence by the national security in Cameroon that they could competently secure all of the venues and the games. But at the same time, un- too much money, or I should say enough money has changed hands in-, in the manner that it does for tournaments that it would take a lot for this to be canceled. Like there would have to be major outbreaks. There would have to be major pressure from other governments so I believe it probably is getting closer and closer the more we speak to getting canceled. But I also would not be surprised if the tournament continues because it's at the point where, you know, so much has been invested to get the tournament going. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it still does go off. Now, if it does, that creates the problems that we already know that we've talked about in the past. But if it doesn't, it creates a different type of problem because now we have all those players available that maybe we didn't before. So it's it, it, one way or another, it's interesting. It gives us, it's at least an easier problem to deal with than not having the players available. But, you know, we'll have to wait before, before we get to that point. Uh, now, before we kind of put the pin in the post-match, um, Martins had some... Uh, interesting comments post-match. Costa, you alluded to some of them earlier, but he kind of talked about how, you know, the, for, at least for the cup game, he didn't want us to play like we did in the second, in the second match or the second half. But he also mentioned that he was going to be resting Jan Mvila, Rebchuk, Masuras, and Yusef El Arabi, or, and Cisse as well, that he's going to be resting all of them for the cup game. So, Tell you, uh, that was the only game I saw. Rapture, I don't play. I don't think he's getting rest. He's getting rest. Well, he's definitely he's definitely not. But does that worry you at all <laughs> going into the cup game that those five guys are all getting rested, and you know we we didn't look so good, and we kind of have a little bit of an uphill battle ahead of us. Should it worry me? No. No. Does it worry me <laughs> slightly? <laughs> that's slightly. That, that, that's exactly that's exactly my point. I, I literally said the same thing when when I was watching the post match, and and he said that, and I was like, you know, if this were last year's team, even I would have said, I forget about it. Who cares? But just the yeah. way things have been, and those are not just some key guys, but they've been like part of that core that has made us successful and, and Cisse especially not just being the rock but also scoring goals and creating opportunities for us so when I see that they're missing it does give me uh, uh it does uh make me just a little bit just a little bit worried but you know what we'll wait and see the game's coming up in a few days so we'll see what happens uh is saying another master class from Bukalakis uh, in the second leg. I sure hope so, my friend. Um, but uh, before we move on uh, to the next segment, we wanted to thank uh, our guest here, Jim. Jim, thank you for always joining us. Thank you again for all the graphics that you thank make you as well. Yeah, and I want, before I go, I want to say uh, for anyone who hasn't watched the past, I think, two or three podcasts, we were talking about our defense having a problem, and I like coughed and say, Manolas. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Apparent, apparently, you might also be uh, a fortune teller, too. Who knows? Inside uh, man. We're signing Robertson. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, hey. Fertot, you make a galitera. 
<laughs> I'd rather have him back than have Robertson, to be honest. Let's be personal. But Jim, thank, thank you, you so much for joining guys. us. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of your evening. Kalinikta. Uh, Costa, it's about that time. Uh, you know, we do the match, mat, uh, man of the match rating and coach's grade. Do you want to get us started? Man of the match. Let me think. Well, we talked a lot about Bukalagis, but he's a shout. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyone who follows our Instagram page or our socials in general, I did the player ratings today. So. I gave it to Cissé. So I just, I just think he's. I've said it before. It's, it's, it's boys versus men. With him, it's just he just sticks out like like a sore thumb now, and it's almost in these kinds of games in particular, the the gap between the level of the the players in the Greek league and him. It's just if you're a scouter and you were at that game, you're just like, who's that? Who's that centre back? Who's that tall, lank? He used to be tall and lanky, and now he's just big, strong. Like you know, just gives you this this confidence that he didn't in previous years. Like a couple of years ago, before he went to Saint Etienne, you you'd always worry a bit with Cisse, a lapse of concentration, uh, a touch of overconfidence, those forty-yard balls that he'd play to nowhere. And now instead of playing those long 40-yard balls to nowhere, he'll he'll turn back and play saves to the keeper and start the build up again. He just looks he looks like he's ready to go, man. He looks like he's ready to go. It's just a it's just different class. And it's proof, it's proof that if you get these kind of loan deals right, if you can find clubs where our players will play in good leagues, not not taking Markovic and sending him to Partizan for another season. Like, I mean, Markovic is a sore topic for all of us. Like, we all really like him, see the potential, and gutted that that he's not getting game time. I'm I'm sidetracking now, but but Cisse's loan to Saint Etienne it proved that you can like the loans the loans they can work and they players can come back much better yeah ready to perform at the level that you expect of a club like Olympiacos and I just think he was brilliant today like defensively uh his distribution from the back like the use of his left foot and right foot I mean the guy's pr- practically ambidextrous um so yeah perhaps so for me man of the match and coach's grade B plus I would say, I mean, I, I would have bought on Yakuru on instead of Gary. On Yakuru would have been one of my first subs. So I think, uh, I think, I think he needs, he needs games. Like he, he, he needs, he needs to build his confidence. The only way he's going to do that is in these types of games where after one nil it was opening up, and you thought, okay, he's going to have a chance to get in behind. He's going to. Uh, He's going to get a chance to use his pace and maybe he can get a goal. Maybe he can get an assist and maybe that will get him started. So I thought I would have liked to see him come on earlier. Uh, otherwise, I mean, he kept the same lineup the last three games, seems to be settling on something. So I can't really, can't really blame anything for, for Martins other than, yeah, that I, that I would have maybe brought Henry on earlier. That's all. Yeah. I, I think that's all fair. I think giving it to Cissé is a fair shout. I am going to give it to Bukhalakis just mainly because he did he he did some cheeky things today that we don't normally see from him, which I thought made made his performance a little bit more exceptional. Uh, I brought up in the past that for me, when I determine my man of the match, it's which player put us in the best position to win. And for me, that was Bukhalakis today. One, because of the opportunities he created. I mean, countless balls through. I mean, Roni Lopez, if I were Bukhailakis, I would have smacked Roni Lopez up the side of the head in the locker room. The number of opportunities he gave just to him. Roni Lopez should have had at least a couple goals. I mean, he had Mm -hmm. that one ball in the first 10 minutes of the game. He played that one ball over just the long ball from midfield into Roni Lopez. 
uh, and Roni Lopez kind of underran it and caught himself outside. The Taku Nike right in the sweet spot for Roni Lopez. Miserable shot. He created a lot of opportunities today, and he won. I mean, I counted today about five, five different times he closed down players just in the middle and uh, offensive thirds of the field today, closing the ball down, winning the ball, not to speak of the interceptions he had. I just think he did. He was in, of, involved in every asset of play today, did a lot, made, gave us plenty of opportunities to win the game. So man of the match for Bukalakis for me. And I am also going to give Pedro Martins, I'm going to say A minus because the coach can't be on the field scoring the goals. He set us up, and in the first half, first half we were dominant. We made plenty of opportunities. By God, we probably should have had three goals. XG is going to be close to four. I guarantee it. Now, in the second half, I, I thought he made some of the right changes. The you, you could you could give him a negative or a knock maybe on taking Bukalakis out because when Bukalakis came out you know, the midfield collapse. But if he's planning on playing him in the cup game, you do have to give the guy a little bit of rest. We don't want to see Bukalakis playing every damn mm -hmm. game again, and then he's worn out and looks like crap. No, he's got to rest. So, but I, I don't blame him on that. We had plenty of opportunities to win. Pedro Martins can't be out there scoring the goals for everybody. So with what we had, the opportunities that were created, and how much we were, how dominant we were, I, I think he deserves an A-. minus. So... Um, that's, that's going to be my man of the match in coach's grade, or that's my opinion, at least for, for the match itself. Um, and guys, uh, before we move, before we move into the next segment, if you haven't done so already, please, please, please like subscribe, follow that button is, you know, waiting to be pressed. If you haven't pressed it already. Uh, help us grow this community so that we can reach out to even more Olympiacos fans. And the more Olympiacos fans that we can reach, or Greek soccer fans in general, the more things we can do, the bigger things we can do. Now, guys, we talked about some other post-match comments by a certain Socrates that we were going to get into. But before we do that, there is an interesting comment here from Viper. Viper coming in with some... Uh, some interesting comments today. For all of the unfair criticism received by our fans, Radeovic this season in Spain has scored more goals than Gary Rodriguez, Onyekuru, and Roni Lopez combined. What do you make of Tell that? that? Tell that to Labrador. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Labrador doesn't want to see Lazar anywhere near the team again. But I have been... I have been keeping an eye. I keep an eye always on our loanies. I, I check their progress to see how, how they're doing. And um, Lazar has been having a decent season. Uh, he has been having a decent season in Spain. And I think, I believe that he's learning from some of the mistakes that he had here at Libyakos, which was maybe forcing some things, maybe uh, some, some of the, the poor choices he would make with the ball at his feet, trying to make that same move over and over and over again um it's look i'm not really sure i'm not really sure what i can what else i can tell you guys he's uh i we kept saying last season that he needed a loan uh he it was getting to the point where he was making things a little bit more difficult for himself he was not, but he was non-existent for us. He had a couple of great moments, but we we can't ignore how poor he was and how consistently poor he became. So I think this loan move was needed, maybe with a confidence boost and him hitting form. Maybe he does have a place in this team beyond beyond this season. Um, I understand the point that he's done more than Onyekuru. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much to do more than Onyekuru. Gary Rodriguez has less minutes, a lot less minutes than Lazar Radeovich does. Um, and well, as far as as far as Roni Lopez, I will tell you this: the underlying stats for Radeovich. If you look at Roni Lopez's last three, sorry, last month with this club, his in terms of his net creation, his offensive numbers in terms of the opportunity creation is way higher than Lazar Radejevic's is. Lazar's had 
catching form and doing well, but Roni Lopez is on a different planet, I promise you, than Lazar Radejevic is. Gosa, what do you think? I haven't watched Radejevic play since he's been at Leganes. I've only seen the stats, scoring goals. He looks to be fitting in pretty well over there. But I'm not sure how well Leganes is doing in the league. It's good that he's getting games. And it yep. kind of goes back to that point we made earlier that, you know, it's important that we find good clubs in in decent leagues to to loan out these talented players that we have that are not necessarily getting enough game time with us. So I'm glad he's doing well. I've always been a fan of his. I really, really liked him that first season that he came in. Um, and something I've pointed out before is that the kid's never had a break. Literally, since we signed him, he's never had a break. He came in from that Olympic tournament, um, you know, played through the season, came in all, all, all cylinders firing. And and yeah, he had a he had a poor season last season. Now he looks to be finding form again. So, you know, it could maybe it's not over for him out of Libyagos. Maybe he comes back in the summer and he he turns into what I hoped he would he would become. So, so let's see. Maybe it was all in his head with him. Maybe it wasn't his fitness. I don't know, but I'm glad Maybe. he's doing. I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, like it. Look, as am I. As am I. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's doing well. You know, I, I don't want anybody to fail. You know, what I mean, same thing with Maxi Lavera. Same thing with Yanis Masuras. All those guys. Uh, we want them all to succeed because we we like to hope that when they you know that they can do something and come back and offer something to Olympiacos. That's that's the goal, right? And that's why we want we don't actually want any of them to fail. We'll see what happens with that. We'll continue to monitor it and we'll continue to hope for the best. But now it's time to transition into what's going to be a little bit more of a controversial topic as it has been in the past. And be- be- oh. before you do before you do that to close the loop, Max yep. Oliveira's contract with Racing Club ends 31st December. That's correct. He'll be back in January. Whether That's he'll be correct. used, to what effect? We'll see. We don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Completely forgot about that, that that was a winter-to-winter contract. Completely forgot about that. But, yeah, so juicy, juicy post-match comments from Socrates Papastatopoulos from the Nova Sports anchors. Uh, they went there. I wasn't expecting them to, and they did. They went there. And before we get into the actual comments and stuff, I'm going to preface this by saying, because we didn't cover the draw for our Nations League, but the Greek national team drew for the Nations League, Northern Ireland, Kosovo, again, and the winner of either Estonia or Cyprus. That is who our, na- our next Nations League group is. I joked about before that this is the group that JVS, you know, this is why JVS left. He was scared of a, a powerhouse group like this, but more with that context going into the post-match, Socrates was asked about him and Manolas and if they would be a part of the national team. And Socrates gave a very, very diplomatic answer to it. And, you know, he basically said, look, I haven't been involved with the national team for two and a half years. I haven't spoken with anyone or anything about it because he didn't want to cause any cause any issues. But he basically said, listen, if, if, if they want to speak to me, you know, I'll have, I'll share my thoughts with them. And and that's that he can't speak for Manolas, but you know, it was very, it was very, very diplomatic. What, what I expected him to say, he's a professional, but to me, the tone was that he's still he's still open, despite everything we heard JVS said, the bullshit from the king of bullshit. He doesn't want to be a part of the team. Manolas doesn't want to be a part of the team. To me, it sounded like he was very open to it. Yeah, I'm sure he has opinions that he wants to share. But to me, it didn't sound like he closed the door on it. And since we couldn't beat a Nations League group consisting of Kosovo, Slovenia, Moldova... I think we there's no this, this national team doesn't have a choice but to bring in Manolas and Socrates. Costa, I'm pretty sure I know your thoughts on this. You've brought them up a lot in the past, but have at it. Look, I I don't think that the national team's problem has over the 
over the years, I don't think the problem has been more on the defensive side in so right. far as it's been more about us not being able to to create and to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, of, of course, we've said it a million times before, you you want to play with Zavellas and Zvarnas, uh, Zavellas and K-Pap when you have players like Manolas and I, I don't want <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my, my opinions on this are well known. I do want to point out some other things he he said because he was quite diplomatic, but he was also quite quite firm in terms yeah. of some of the things he said. And I'm just looking at his his commentary again, and he did say that Adiko you know, which is he says what happened was unfair. Yep. And the truth is very far from what has been cited. So he also said, right now, I'm not thinking about the national team, only Olympiacos, if and when there's a new manager, and if my name comes up and he wants to talk to me, I'll talk to him, I'll tell him what's on my mind, and in the end, we'll see what happens. Costas, alas, is a different personality. He's younger. Uh, yeah, then he says, everything, what happened was unfair. Yeah. And now, he says, it's not the right time for me to speak now. I don't want to create problems within or around the national team. I, from my end, Socrates, I was silent. I I put myself on the sidelines. That's what I'm doing now as well. The truth is very far from what's being told from respect to the national team. I never, I never said anything. When the time is right, I will speak. Yep, and he was he was very firm, and I thought that that was the probably the because he could have come out and said, "Screw them," you know that this is wrong, this is wrong. He just said, "No, this listen, I haven't spoken or said anything. If whoever whoever takes over, if they speak to me." You know, I'll speak to them and that's that. He never shut the door on anything. And we already knew that this whole thing was bullshit. Every JVS apparently claimed that he was waiting for Epo to talk to him. And they were like, no, we never said anything. Like we were never, there was never any contact about whether they were firing him or not. So I, I don't believe any of that stuff for a second. And I still think that both of them will be open to joining this national team. I think we need them on the national team because I don't want to watch Gulis Papadopoulos fucking sliding all over the goddamn place again. You know how many slides he had when he played against us? Absurd. The man can't stay on his feet. You want me to watch Zavellas, who doesn't even play right now for Ike? Good luck to whoever the new national team coach is, man. That's all I yeah. have to say. That, when that, no, that is 100% true. I, I got to say, I, I would never want that job. I'll be honest with you. No, it's a it's a poison chalice, like. Yeah, because even even if you play with what you're given, the back the back room politics you have to deal with, right? On top of all of that, plus yeah. If we start going into national team, Ari, like we're gonna have another (laughs) hour podcast. Like, like honestly, though, man, you you uh, we're talking about a situation where the president of Epo unelected president of EPO goes on Savidis Savidis's channel and says that everything that EPO has done has been a success. Uh, Do I need to, do I need to continue? (laughs) So there you go. So whoever understands, understands, man. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. The, I guess I'm still in awe that that the question was even asked. And when when I was watching the, I couldn't believe that they that they did that. I mean, it's juicy. I, I guess that explains why they did it. It's very juicy content. Who them. asked the question? Um, I always forget his name. The, was it, the short was hair, it blonde hair guy? Yes, Vasily. No, 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 not Vasily Kosadopoulos. No, no, no. It was the short guy with the blonde hair. He's on always in like the post match, and he does like the YouTube things with. Um, his co-host, I forget her name all the time too. With Lila. With Lila, that's it. 
Okay. Guduriotti, okay. right? Isn't that her name? Her last yeah, name? Yeah. 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 And I think she also was surprised that he asked those questions too. <laughs> but I, it's a question I think that needed to be asked. I was just surprised that they asked it, to be honest with you. It's good. It's good journalists actually asking journalistic questions. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's why I'm surprised. But, you know, good for them. Good for them. Uh, anything else, Costa? We're on an hour and five minutes here. I think that's about everything, right? I think so. We've got a big game on Wednesday. Big, big, big game against Levadiakos. <laughs> big game to come back and save our cup chances. Oh, gosh. Well, guys, if you haven't done so already, please, 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 please hit that subscribe button. Follow us on all of our socials. Check out the stat cards that we do. Check out the stories that we do. We got a lot of good stuff coming out. A lot of great things. And we can continue to do more the bigger this community gets. So I want to thank everybody again for listening, especially if you've made it this far. This is Gate 7 International, everybody. We are by the fans, for the fans. And we will continue to be dropping these links live in every every episode. We want you guys to share your opinions with us and talk to us because just we're fans just like you are. And we want to hear your opinions as well. Keep an eye out for boozing with the boys. It'll be a lot more laid back. There won't be any topics or agendas for the episodes. It'll just be us having a drink, maybe a Christmas drink, and shooting the shit. So we hope that we can see all of you guys there. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you again, probably post-match after Levadiakos. Kalinikta. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL, Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo katimajiko.